With the current situation as it is, a lot of things are changing. But there's one thing that remains constant, and that is God. God is the same today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is faithful, and he is trustworthy. I want to encourage that you continue to connect to each other online. I, I encourage you to continue to watch online sermons. I ask you to continue to connect to life groups online because we will not allow the coronavirus to have the last say. With this modern technology and with all the things that we can do, we can be more connected than ever before, even without being physically connected. So I really encourage you. And actually, I love what we're doing with the fearless decorations because we are, gonna, we are telling the enemy that God is still in control and God still has the victory. We are going to declare those promises. And I can tell you, every time I hear you guys talk about fearless decorations, I am so encouraged myself. Church will still go on. And I'm going to declare that church will become, have an even greater range greater impact, greater influence because of this. Because we are the church. It's a church without wars. This is not a retreat. It's a retaliation against the enemy. It's a, a response against what is happening in the situation right now. Protection is a very hot word at the moment. Everyone is using it. We say we want to protect ourselves by wearing a face mask and, and putting on hand sanitizer. And, and why are we doing this? It's so that we won't be infected by the, by, the, by the disease. We won't be infected by the coronavirus. And, and I can see even in, in um, videos, in photos, that when they go to an area that is full of people that have been infected, they are covered in head to toe with protection because they want to avoid being contaminated. They want, to be, uh, they want to avoid being infected. But what does the word protection actually mean? The word protection comes from a Latin word. It originated from a Latin word. And the word is cover in front. And this word is made up of two parts. The first part is pro. Pro is to go before, to go in front. And then protection is to cover. And so here, the word means to cover in front. So what protection does is to cover you from the things that are about to happen or the things that are in front of you. But what does God say about protection? Last week, we were declaring Psalm 91 as one of the declaration verses that we were using. And in that verse, in, in Psalm 91, in that passage itself, there are two words to describe protection. And, it's take, and, and, the, and the verses are verse 4 and 14. The one in verse 4, it talks about protection as a covering. Just like the word in Latin, to cover. So let's go to Psalm 91 verse 4 to see what God says about protection. He will cover, protect you with his feathers. And under his wings, you will find refuge. This describes protection as a covering, as a refuge. And in fact, that's where the word refugees come from because they are no, no longer safe in their own country. They have to go to another country to find refuge, to be a refugee so that they are safe, away from harm. 
the word protection here when it talks about covering, and especially when it talks about wings, is it, it, it's like when we describe what a mother hen does. A mother hen will cover their chicks, their young ones, with, with her wings to protect the chicks from the elements of, of, of nature, protect the chick from, from uh, cold, from the rain, from all dangers that may be lurking around. The hen will just cover. But to really understand this scripture, what it means, we need to understand why did God say he will protect us. And if you look at the verses before that, it talks about how God will rescue us from the fowler's snare. What is a fowler's snare? It's actually a trap. Trap is a danger. It's there to get you. And in life, there can be many dangers that are lurking around. But he says that he will rescue you. And the second one is that he will rescue you from deadly pestilence. What is pestilence? It's plagues, diseases, and sicknesses. Just like the coronavirus is a pestilence. And it will not have the better of you. Because God has promised in his word that he will rescue you from all these things. And then, after he has rescued you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence, then he will cover you under his wings. And in the Bible, there is a story of Boaz and, and Ruth. And in fact, Boaz said a particular sentence to Ruth, says that you will be, the Lord will reward you for taking refuge under his wings. So that means by us taking refuge under the wings of God, he rewards us. God is longing for us to take refuge under him. He wants to protect us. He, he is not a burden for God to, to protect us. He actually wants to do it. I like to use an illustration of a, of, of a child. When they fall down, what happens? When they fall on the floor and they hurt themselves. First thing they do, they cry. They cry really loud. And the second thing they do, they look around to see whether the mummy and daddy is there. And when they spot the mum and dad, they cry even louder. What does the parents do? After seeing the child fall down, does the parents say, ah, just leave him alone, uh, get away from me? No, the parents are even more concerned. They rush to the child, embrace the child, hug the child and say, everything is going to be all right. The parents then comfort the child and may even give them ice cream. This is the same with Father God. Here he says that he will reward us, that he wants us to be under his wings because he wants to comfort us. He wants to protect us. He wants to embrace us. This is the Father God that we know. In Psalm 91, I said there were two instances where the word protection is used. The second one is in verse 14. And this word is somewhat different. So let's go to Psalm 91 verse 14. And let's read, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. This word protect in Hebrew is different to the word in, 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 in verse 4. It has a different meaning. That one was covering. This one in Hebrew means to be set on high. To be set on high. And to understand why God used this 
to describe this kind of protection. We need to understand the verses before that. And what God said is that he will actually lift, he will command his angels to lift you up so that you will not strike your foot on the rock. I can tell you, how many of you have walked on the streets and you hit something hard? It hurts. But here, God is saying that he will command his angels to lift you up and take you away from danger, take you away from the obstacles of life. How many of us are tackling with obstacles in our lives right now? It may be financial, it may be family issues. And for many of us, it's, it's this sickness. These are the obstacles in life. But God says, I will protect you. I will lift you up. And the second thing is that he lifts us up. Reason why he lifts us up is because so that we can trample on the great lion and the serpent. A lot of times when the Bible talks about serpent, it's talking about Satan. It's talking about the works of Satan, the things that Satan does. And here, not only is he making you avoid the serpent and the great lion, he says you will trample. This word trample means it's under your feet. You step on it. And when you have something that's under your feet, you have authority over it. Because when something is under, you have authority. And this is what God wants you to know, that when the angels lift you up, you have authority above the works of the enemy and that you can say no to this virus. You can say no to the situation in your family and your work because you have been given all authority. But in order for this psalm to be in effect, two conditions must happen. In order for the rescue and protection to happen, two conditions must happen. The first one is hold fast to him in love. What does it mean to hold fast to him in love? Here, it describes that God wants us to embrace him. So it's like a relationship. We need to have a relationship with God. We need to be intimate with God before he can protect us. We need to come to him just like the child went to the father or the mother for an embrace. We need to have that kind of deep relationship. The second one is to know his name. And this talks of closeness and embrace. The more you know someone, the more you are willing to trust that person. To trust God, you need to know God. You see, faith is knowing and believing that God will do what he says. Sometimes we do find it hard to trust God. You know why? Because we find it hard to trust even ourselves. But God is different. You can trust him because he is faithful even when you are not faithful. This is the faithful God that we know. And God is worthy of trust. But right now, there is a lot of news and a lot of people taking measures to avoid this virus. And there is something that is spreading even greater than the virus, and that is fear. And it's fear, not just of the situation, it's gripping a lot of people's hearts. 
You see, fear and faith is connected. In fact, fear and faith has a negative correlation. That means the more faith you have, the less fear you have. But on the other hand, the more fear you have, I mean, on the other hand, the more faith you have, the less fear you have. And I'd like to use the illustration of the dynamics and the relationship between fear and faith is that they are actually the same coin, different sides of the same coin. You see, both fear and faith believe in something that will happen in the future that has yet to happen. Fear, fear believes that something bad will happen in the future, whereas faith believes that something good will happen. For us, we have faith in God. Faith in God is not wishful thinking, is not hoping for the best. Faith in God is believing in a person. And that person has made many promises. And in fact, if we start to understand what it means by, um, let's go back to that scripture where it talks about, because he knows my name. In the Old Testament, a lot of times when a nature of God is revealed, the person who experiences the nature of God knows another name for God. For instance, in the story of Abraham and Isaac, when Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, and God says, stop. And God provided a ram that was seen in the bushes. And at that moment, Abraham realized that God's name and his nature is, he is provider, Jehovah Jireh. That is his name. And so throughout the whole Old Testament for 4,000 years, this was how God would communicate to his people. And even after that, Jesus came and he died on the cross. He became our rescuer. He was our salvation. And that is his name, Jesus Christ, the Lord, our salvation. So when we say God or Lord is our provider or he's our creator, he's our defender, he's our peace, he's our healer, he's our father, Do you really believe that? And in the Psalms where he said that he is Lord, our protector, Jehovah, Elohim. Do you believe that God is your protector? Because his promises are yes and amen. His words in his word is yes and amen. And we can have confidence in trusting his word. And, and, And not only that, The beauty of knowing the nature of God, knowing his name, is that in doing so, we know who we are because of who he is. Let me explain. We know our God as father. And because we know him as father, we know that we are his children. And all the inheritance, all the things that a father will give to the children will be given to us. But there is a decision you need to make. Let me explain with the verse in 2 Timothy 1.7 where it talks about, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I want to keep that verse on there because here it says that, first of all, fear is a spirit. A lot of times we, we, we somehow believe that fear 
is from ourselves. We generate fear and it goes out. But a spirit comes from the outside in. That means we can choose whether to receive it or not to receive it. And in the Bible, there are many instances where, where people are fearful and God says, fear not. And what was the remedy to fear not? For I am with you. That is the reason why they can not have fear because God was with them. In the same way, God is saying that he is with you right now in your situation, and your circumstance. God is going to be the one that will take over. And if you look at the words where it says he gave, he did not give us. Here, the exact words I'm using is, for God gave us a spirit not of fear. And when someone gives you something, you have a choice to accept it, accept it or reject it. It's your choice. Just because you feel fear doesn't mean you need to be afraid. In those moments when you're feeling, the, uh, feeling fear, you need to take a step back and remember this verse where it says that for God gave us a spirit, not of fear. And you say, I now have a choice. Do I accept this fear or I don't? Because when I don't accept this fear, it will not be given to me. And instead, I'll be given the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. That is what God wants to give you. Especially during this time. Power talks about overcoming. Love is talking about relationship. He wants to know you better. And a sound mind is wisdom. It's to know the things of God. To know his directing. And more so right now than ever before. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to know his voice. So that we can make those decisions that are wise and godly. It doesn't mean that we're going to go and do foolish things. But what it means is, every decision you make, you are not going to let it be motivated by fear, but it's going to be motivated by faith in the one who you can trust, who you can have confidence in. And that person is Jesus. That is what you need. So what are you going to take? Are you going to take fear? Or are you going to take power, love, and a sound mind. Because God is waiting for you to take that. Can I have the musicians up? I'm going to make two calls, altar calls right now. The first one is to those who already know Jesus. You know, God is our heavenly father. He wants us to embrace. He wants to embrace us. As we maneuver during this time, we need to trust in him. We need to learn to hear his voice. We need to learn to surrender to him. And as we hold fast to him and his love, he will cover us in his, under his wings. He will set, up, uh, set us up on high, in the high places. Let us know that he is God and that he loves you so much. There's another set of people you may be first time watching online and you may not even know this Jesus. I want to give you a chance to accept Jesus into your heart. And as you do so, 
I believe that he will take away your fear and allow you to experience his faith. So if that is you and you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, I want you to repeat these words after me. Father Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. I thank you, Lord, that on the third day, you rose again and you have taken away the power of sin and death. Right now, I invite you into my heart and I ask that you be my Lord and Savior. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' most precious name. After you have said this, I believe that your life is going to change. And do keep in contact with us. Do PM us if or DM us if you actually receive Christ so that we can connect with you and tell you a little bit more about Jesus. So right now, let us just continue to worship in God's presence. Thank you so much for tuning in to our LifeGen podcast. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to connect with us, head to any of our social media platforms at LifeGenSIBKL or our website, LifeGen.my. We would love to connect with you. Stay tuned and God bless.